Good morning, everybody. It's a joy and delight to see your faces out there, or at least that much of them. And uh, we welcome you if you're joining us online by worship, by FaceTime, uh, by Facebook Live, or by YouTube. Uh, we're glad that you're here. If you're worshiping with us online, put something in the comments to let us know that you're watching, because we like seeing that, and it's good to be connected to you in that way. Um, I want to ask you if you're worshiping in here in the sanctuary with us, if you take just a moment to turn the Wi-Fi uh, off on your phone so that it doesn't interfere with our streaming process, that would help a lot. If you need help on how to do that, then uh, maybe we can rustle up a 10-year-old that can come and help you like I have to do <laughs> with my devices, but that helps out a lot. I appreciate that. Just to let you know a couple of things that are going on here at the church. Uh, our UMW lunch was a great success. We had Dr. Chip Griffith come to speak last week and we had a social distance gathered and gathering in the gym. Everything went great. Our next one is October the 12th. So make your plans if you're in the United Methodist Women to come and bring a friend with you. Our youth and children are still active. Uh, Pastor Andy is still doing online and uh, Facebook Live and Instagram stuff, even though he is home. He's recovering well. Uh, he still can't taste anything. And if you, if you didn't know, he, he came down with a positive COVID test. All of our staff has tested. Uh, Jen and Afton are okay. But uh, Andy is, um, is getting over this thing. So we have sanitized everything. We have his office all cleaned and, and we're just waiting for him to get better. Uh, and Pastor Andy, if you're watching this morning, we love you and we look forward to you being back with us. Um, Catherine Barnes and along with some great volunteers are, are keeping our children busy leading the children's ministry. They did children's uh, Christmas shoe boxes that were delivered this last week to the district office that will be going overseas to, to make a child happy this Christmas. They're meeting at 6 o'clock on Wednesday nights in the green space out here and parents are required to, to be with their kids. They're distancing, bring your lawn chair and bring your kids and have a good time on Wednesday nights with our children's ministry. Our Bible study is still on, at six o'clock on Facebook Live. We're studying the Gospel of John. It's a great study, join us for that. Um, Mosaic meets at 6.30 over here in the courtyard on Tuesday nights. This coming Tuesday, the Reverend Rochelle Thompson from the Episcopal Church of the Resurrection will be bringing our devotion. And if you haven't met her yet, she's the new uh, rector at the Church of the Resurrection, and you'll love her and you'll want to come and hear her. That'll be Tuesday night at 6.30. Bring a lawn chair. We're right out here. Weather's nice and cool, so come and join us for that. Um, one more thing. If you would like to help uh, our friends in South Alabama uh, with the Hurricane Sally relief, uh, you can do that. One of the great things about the connection in the United Methodist Church is that we have strength together. And the United Methodist Committee on Relief is always the first one in and the last one out when a disaster happens. We've already sent thousands of flood buckets down to South Alabama from our warehouse in Decatur. If you'd like to give to help that, then you can uh, just make a notation on your check. You can put hurricane, disaster, you could put UMCOR. Any, any notation that you make, whether a check or an online gift, will make sure it gets to the right place. And you know what's great about giving through UMCOR? Is 100% of your contribution goes directly to, to where you're sending it. Nothing is taken out for overhead or anything like that. It's just a great thing. And we certainly want to help our friends down in South Alabama. All right. Now, will you join me now as we go to the Lord in prayer? Uh, gracious God, thank you for the blessings of this day, for this beautiful, cool Sunday morning. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us. Thank you for your faithfulness and your guiding hand. May we worship you from the heart today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning as we worship together, I invite you to stand as we sing the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, as we stand and sing.
Thank you. Remain standing, please, and let us unite together in this historic confession of the Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. And our children, if we have any children to go with Miss Catherine, she's ready to take you to Children's Church right now. All right. And we uh, want to thank you again for your support and for your prayers and for all the ways that you keep us going as we try to keep the ministries of this church going. Uh, you can still give online by our church website. You can give by text. And we also have uh, plates out that you, if you want to place your offering in the plate, then, then you're welcome to do that too. So we appreciate your support. Uh, I would like to invite you to, um, to remember in your prayers the Martin family. Our dear friend Pat lost her son Doug this last week, and um, we're, they're going to do a, a private memorial service for, for him at a later time. We don't know any details about that. Uh, but we, we love that whole family so much, and we need to lift them up in our prayers. So remember the Martin family when you pray. Uh, as, as you have other prayer requests, if you, if you would um, jot those down and put them in the offering plate or just email them to us at fumc at fumcgadston.org. We will make sure that we pray for those, that we get our prayer ministry team praying for them. If you have answers to prayer, we love to hear that too. But right now, wherever you are, if you're at home or if you're here, will you just take a moment and bow with us and pray? Uh, gracious God, you have taken care of us and watched over us. We hear the brush of angels' wings as we go through our day. We don't want to take your providential care for us for granted. We know that you are faithful. And even when we can't see how your hand is working in our lives, we trust that you love us and that you have a plan and purpose for our lives. And God, we know that we also stand in need of your care and your forgiveness uh, because we fail to live up to your glory for our lives. We, we are not who we need to be in you many times. We leave undone things that should be done. And we do things that are against your will. So forgive us, we pray. And help us to go forward and, and to follow you more closely. For our friends who are struggling with grief and with illness. For those who are anticipating uh, surgery or medical procedures. For those who are just struggling with being lonely and being shut in during this pandemic. We pray, we lift all of those needs to you, and we trust you, God, to be the good shepherd and to take care of your flock. Will you teach us now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples, Lord, when you prayed? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. perfect song about God's great and precious promises and we we know the king is coming in because he said he would and his promises are true and and yet at the same time we don't know when do we no one knows the day or knows the hour and that fits right in with our pop verse for today and the promises that we receive and our verse today is Jeremiah 29:11 and hear these words for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you, but I am so glad to be watching football again. Did anybody else love, uh, love being able to watch football? Y'all, I know I'm not the only one. I know, how, I know how it is here in the South. We love our football. And in America, we love our football. I know, I want everybody to be safe. I know that we can't cram 100,000 people in a stadium and have them yelling at the top of their lungs just yet. Maybe sometime in the future we can do that sometime soon. Uh, but watching football on TV has been nice. I enjoy it. 
And uh, I'm different, I think, from other people in how I watch because I, there are different parts of the game that I pay attention to. Uh, when I was in high school, I, I played on the offensive and the defensive line, and so I always watch what the big old linemen are doing, not just the, the backs and stuff like that, not just the, the glamorous position. I watch, what, I watch what the linemen are doing. Are they making their blocks? Are they making their tackles? And another thing I pay attention to is the relationship between the quarterback and the receiver. And I think one of the reasons I do that is because I always wanted to be a receiver. Uh, but alas, I am too slow to be a receiver. I've got the hands for it, but I mean, the coach's grandma could cover me. I'm, I'm just not built for speed. And, but I always love, it's, it's like poetry in motion to see how in sync the quarterback and the receiver are. I just love watching it. My all-time favorite receiver uh, was Jerry Rice. And if you're a football fan at all, you know about him. He's just maybe the greatest receiver of all time. Played for the San Francisco 49ers for all of those years. But one of the things that I identify him with is he grew up in a small town. And he, he grew up in Mississippi. And my mom grew up in Mississippi, so I feel kind of connected with him. He grew up uh, in a place called Octoc, Mississippi. You can't make this stuff up, really. Anybody know where Octoc? And Thursday night, someone knew where Octoc was. It's uh, about 15 minutes south of Starkville. You ever heard of Starkville? If you're an SEC fan, you know where Starkville is. So uh, Jerry's mother didn't want him to play football because she was afraid he would get hurt. And so uh, growing up, as far as through his freshman year in high school, Octoc High School, he didn't play football. And the story goes like this, and it's too great of a story not to be true, so I just believe that this is what happened. The story goes when he was a sophomore in high school, he was skipping school one day, and the principal saw him skipping school and yelled at him, and the story goes that, that Jerry ran off so fast that the principal told the high school coach, you got to get this guy on your team. He's the fastest thing I've ever seen. And he started playing football in high school. And he went to Mississippi Valley State in Itabana, Mississippi, uh, not up the road in Starkville. He went to a smaller college, you know, not one of the big ones. But he was so good that the NFL scouts came and he was drafted the first round and the rest is his history. But I, I remember watching him and watching him and Joe Montana and it, it was like their minds were linked together and he had, I don't know, let's see, 67 touchdowns with Joe Montana and I thought, it will never ever get any better than Joe Montana to Jerry Rice. But I was wrong. I, I, because Steve Young came along and he got 92 touchdowns with Steve Young. It's just, he was just that good. I think one of the reasons that I appreciated him so much wasn't just his talent. It was the way he conducted himself. He never was a showboat and he, he always worked harder than anybody else. He ran his plays full speed even in practice. He never took his God-given talents for granted, and I always appreciated that about him. Um, one of the things that fascinates me about quarterbacks and receivers is that they have to trust each other completely because the quarterback throws the ball not to where the receiver is, but where the receiver is supposed to be. And uh, the receiver gets there and he has to trust and have faith that the ball is going to be there when he gets to that spot, right? And when it works like it's supposed to, the receiver gets to the spot where he's going and he just puts his hands out and there's the ball. It's already been thrown before he ever made his last cut, you see? And that's what I think about when I think about God's promises to us. You see, God is the giver of the promises, kind of like the quarterback is the one putting the promises out. We are the receivers of the promises. We are struggling. We're running. We're having people fight against us. We're wondering, is the ball going to get there? When is it going to be there? 
Uh, we don't know. Is it going to be there too soon? No, because God is sending it. Is it going to be there too late? No, because that's not how God operates. When we get to the right spot at the right time, then we'll put our hands out and God's promises will be there in his time, not in our time. Now, we have to trust that the pass has already been thrown. You see what I mean? The pass has already been thrown. Um, this is how I think we have to understand Jeremiah 29, 11. That's the key to understanding this and to reading it the way that it needs to be read. Um, this is, have, have y'all heard Jeremiah 29, 11 before? Just about everybody who's been around church much or read the Bible much, you probably had it for a memory verse if you ever went to vacation Bible school. It's beautiful, and it's one of America's all-time favorite verses. And I'm not just saying that because we're talking about it today. I mean, I have things to back up my claim, you know. Do y'all remember when there used to be Lifeway Christian bookstores all over the place, big kind of big old stores you could just go in and look at stuff? I loved going in those. Um, but they don't have them much anymore. Maybe there are a few left. But you can go on uh, Lifeway Christian Resources like you go on Cokesbury Resources. And I just pulled up Lifeway this past week just to see what I could find. And when I pulled up the Lifeway Christian Resources website, in the search bar up there, I typed in Jeremiah 29:11, And 71 pages of stuff came up just from typing that in the search bar. I mean, merchandise all over the place. There were like five different styles of faux leather Jeremiah 29:11 Bible covers uh, in all kinds of different styles and colors. There was even one in Spanish. And some of you today may have a Jeremiah 29:11 Bible cover. I kind of wish I had one. I saw a purple one that I really liked. Um, but there was a Jeremiah 29:11 leather wrist wallet. Uh, there was a shiny, pink, glittery uh, Jeremiah 29:11 coin purse. Some of y'all going to order that this afternoon. Um, there were different kinds of boxes of cards of encouragement that had 29, Jeremiah 29:11 on there. There were different styles of worship bulletins for baccalaureate services. Now tell the truth. Have you ever given a graduation card that had Jeremiah 29:11 on it? I have. I have. It's. It's. That just seems like what it's called for. JT, there's an anthem called. Let's see. I know the plans from Jeremiah 29:11. We might have it in the file back there somewhere. I don't know. I'm kind of curious as to what that anthem would sound like. I mean, bookmarkers, posters. I just looked at the first two pages. You get the idea. So, is there anything wrong with having merchandise that has Jeremiah 29, 11 on it? Absolutely not. I mean, I hope we all memorize that verse. There's nothing wrong with any of these pop verses. I love all of them. I memorized all of them. We just need to make sure that when we know them and when we memorize them, we know what they say, not what we want them to say. And we know where they fit in with the context of the rest of the message of that chapter and the rest of the message that God wants to convey through that book in the scope of Scripture. Sometimes we take these pop verses and we misunderstand them. And sometimes we take them and we take them out of context. That's kind of the problem with making them so popular. So... Jeremiah 29, 11, in addition to be, being maybe America's most popular verse, is also maybe the one that's so often taken out of context, so often misunderstood. Let me just read it again. This is from the NIV. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It just makes me feel good reading that. It makes me feel good hearing that. It makes me feel good seeing it different places. 
Are these familiar words? Yes. But sometimes we can be so familiar with something that we get lazy. We can be so familiar with something that we don't do the work of reading the rest of the chapter and seeing it in context. So today I want us to see what this beautiful verse really says and to see it in context and to hear what it has to say for us today for our past and our present and our future. So backing up a little bit, backing up to Jeremiah 29.4, we read that this message was going out not to an individual but to a whole nation. It was going out to the nation of Israel. So what was going on at this time in the nation of Israel? Well, they had been carried off into captivity to Babylon. And some of them were left behind in Jerusalem. Not all of them were carried away, but many of them were carried away to a foreign city. Uh, they had been carried off because of their sin and because they had ignored God's warnings for so long and they were conquered by the Babylonians and they were carried off to captivity. So, the ones who were carried off, what was their state of mind? What do you think their state of mind would have been? We'd really see a picture of that in one of the Psalms, actually, Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept. Do you remember this Psalm? When we remember, we wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors ask us for songs. Our tormentors ask us for songs of joy. They said, sing one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? They were brokenhearted. They were looking to home and longing to go home. They were really living in the past. They, they didn't have a joyful song in their heart. They hung their harps on the willow tree. They thought that God had forgotten all about them. Well, see, as I said before, not everyone had been carried off into Babylon. Some had been left behind in Jerusalem. And the ones that had been left behind in Jerusalem thought, hey, we are blessed by God. And those guys are cursed because they got carried off. And that's really the ones that had been carried off thought the same thing, too. But God sent a message to all of them through the prophet Jeremiah. Was it a good news message? Well, sort of. I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11 sounds good. But it, if you read verse 10, which we have to really, don't we? We really need to read the verses leading up to it, don't we? Verse 10, Jeremiah 29, 10 says this. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you. And I will fulfill to you my promise to bring you back to this place. God's promise is there. But it won't arrive for 70 more years. 70 more years. A whole generation, you could say. I mean, if somebody was my age and they heard about a promise that wasn't going to be there for 70 years, they would think, well, I'm not going to live to see that. 70 more years. Well, what do we do in the meantime? What do we do? That must have been what they thought. What do we do in the meantime? Are we just supposed to just sit here and cry? Are we supposed to just be frozen like a deer in the headlights? No. God said through Jeremiah what he wanted his people to do in the meantime. And it's in verses 4 through 7. Thus says the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's what I want you to do, he said. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what you produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they might bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. Listen to this, though. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on their behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Make the most of where you are right now with what you have right now. God said, I want you to flourish right where you are. I want you to 
to make the most of everything around you. I want your I want you to make your community prosper because if your community prospers, you're going to prosper. Your welfare is tied to them. Don't be afraid of your Babylonian neighbors. Pray for them. Pray to the Lord for the ones that brought you off into exile. See, God had not forgotten them. Not at all. God's promise was as faithful as ever. God just wanted them to bloom where they were planted. Have you ever heard that old saying, bloom where you're planted? You see, this was going to be a while. It was more than just a little interruption. It was a complete disruption. It was a complete disruption for them until they learned what God needed them to learn. This past week, um, this last Tuesday, I had a, a training with, with the other pastors in the North Alabama conference. It was, uh, this teacher came to, to teach us how to lead churches during the midst of a pandemic, which we all wanted to know. And he told us that uh, the difference between an interruption and a disruption, I'd never really thought about it. But he gave us an illustration. He, he said um, he turned the lights off in his little studio, walked out, of the room and then walked back in and then turned the light back on and started teaching again he said that's what you call an interruption but he said what if a hurricane came through and blew out all of my windows and flooded the first level of my house knocked out all of the electricity knocked out all of the Wi-Fi and for the foreseeable future that was going to be the way it was nobody knew when it was going to get all fixed and rebuilt and repaired that's a disruption you see the children of Israel thought when they were carried off into exile it was going to be an interruption but God said it's going to be a disruption it's going to be 70 years before the promise to bring you home is fulfilled our presenter on Tuesday was talking about ministry in the context of the pandemic. And he said this, and I think he's right. We thought this was going to be an interruption. Didn't we? Six months ago? I was, I was thinking, we'll, we'll be back. Well, if nothing else, we'll be back by Easter. I couldn't imagine us not being back by Easter. Right? Right? But it's not an interruption, is it? It's a disruption. And we don't even know. We don't even know what it's going to look like when normal gets back, whatever normal is. We don't know. So can we apply Jeremiah 29 to our lives today? Well, absolutely. I think it's just as real today as it was for the Israelites. And the message is something like this. God is faithful. The past has already been thrown. You see what I mean? The past has already been thrown. When will it be here? When will the promise arrive? I don't know. Not too soon and not too late. But God's perfect plan is still there because God is faithful. But what do we do in the meantime? We ask, do we, we just sit down and cry? Do we hang our harps on the willow tree? Do we freeze like deer in the headlights? No, no. I want to leave you with what I think the powerful message of Jeremiah 29, 11 is for past, present, and future us. I think the message for the past is that we learn from the past but we don't try to live in it we learn from it without trying to live in it you see Israel wanted to live in the past they wanted to go back to Jerusalem they thought that's where God lived and that that God surely couldn't be with them in Babylon but they could only live forwards right they couldn't live backwards and you know what we can't live backwards either I think 
almost everybody I've talked to over the last six months has had some degree of nostalgia and has thought something like, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we could just fill in the blank? Wouldn't it be nice if we could just go in a restaurant and sit down and have a meal or go to a ball game or a concert or a dance recital? Wouldn't it be nice if we could fill in the blank? I just wish that we could go back and wherever, you know. Tammy and I have had a lot of moments of nostalgia uh, since, since our, our empty nest. 2020 is the empty nest year for, for us. And I will confess, I'm sentimental, and I go and get the pictures, and I look and see when the kids were little, and I think, oh, you know, look how cute. They're still cute, but look how cute they were. Wouldn't it be nice? It's fun to reminisce. But we can't live backwards, can we? We can only live forward. We can learn from the past. Hopefully we will from the past failures and the past successes. And here's the message for the future from Jeremiah 29, 11. We hope in the future. We sing with joy songs like the king is coming. And, and we, we hope for the future with certain confidence in our hearts but we don't freeze up right now like deer in the headlights God's promises are so powerful um, this past Wednesday night and we're studying the gospel of John we studied John chapter 14 oh I just love the promises Jesus said in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That great, tremendous promise given to the disciples at a time when they were so anxious. But they weren't supposed to just go up on a mountain and start looking up in the air and wait for Jesus to come back and get them, were they? No. No, they had too much to do. Too much work needed to be done right then and there. So we have the tremendous promises too. As I said before, the past has already been thrown. But here we are in the present, right? And here's the message for the present, for Jeremiah 29, 11. We live in the present with curiosity. What I mean by that is we just stay curious about what God is up to in our lives right now. And we ask this question, God, what are you trying to teach me today? What are you trying to teach me today about what it means to do your will right here, right now? with whatever crazy circumstances I'm in right now. What are you trying to, to teach me to do with the things that I have? Not the things I don't have. I can't, I can't control that. But the things that I do have. Well, for Israel in Babylon, here's what it meant for them to be curious. Well, we're going to be here for 70 years, so I might as well get curious, right? So um, I wonder what kind of vegetables I could grow in this plot of ground right here and I wonder what I could use out of the resources I have to, to build a house with because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to have somewhere to live if I'm going to be here 70 years so what can I use to build a house and, and I, I'm curious I wonder who the neighbor is across the street could I invite them to come over to a barbecue and get to know them I wonder what I could do to make this community right here better because God has told me that my welfare is tied to their welfare. So what could I do to make it a better place to live? That was what Israel needed to stay curious about. And you know what? It's not that much difference for us today. We need to stay curious about that too. God, what can we do to make our community a better place to live? Because our welfare is tied to our neighbor's welfare. We can't say, well, I'm doing swell, so I don't care about them. No, our welfare is connected to them, you see. What could we do to make our community look more like the kingdom of God? 
That's the curiosity that we need. What could we do to bless those around us, even the ones that look different from us? So in the meantime, here's what we do. We run our routes just as hard as we can go, like good receivers. We block when it's, when it's our turn to block, we block, right? Because we don't always have to be in the limelight. We, we run with all our might. We trust the quarterback because we know from experience, don't we, that God is faithful. And we know and we trust, we have confidence that just at the right time, just when we need him most, that we'll put our hands out and it's going to be there. Pass has already been thrown. Promises are already there. God has always and will always make a way. You know why? Because God is faithful. Always has been. Always will be. Let's pray. God, for your great and precious promises to us, we give you thanks. And we ask you for the courage and the strength and the patience to wait on you. To, to run the race that you have set before us today with what you've given us today and to leave the future in your hands. To reminisce about the past, to learn the lessons for the past, but not to try to live there. Great is your faithfulness, O oh Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'll bet you might have already guessed what hymn we're going to sing in closing. It's hymn number 140. If you have a, a hymnal with you there at home, and if you want to watch, I think the words will be up there for you. Great is thy faithfulness. Will you stand with me as we sing?
Now may our ever faithful God give you strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much.